0: I have one phrase, the greatest of all time. Kevin Van Dam is going to be with us today on Bass University Live. Uh, How cool is that? Um, An amazing career.
1: uh, I'm not going to say it's coming to an end. He's kind of switching gears. We're going to
0: learn about what's next, um, talk about, uh, you know, all these amazing accomplishments uh, that he has acquired that, honestly, I, I don't know how anybody will ever touch it. Can't wait to talk to him. Uh, Kevin's been a, a friend of mine for a long time. We, I got to fish with him uh, way back in the invitational days years ago. That's the first time I got to meet him. But I got I got to say, big influence in my personal career. Uh, it was, it, you know, it was it was amazing because he was he was dominating the tournaments at such a young age, and we didn't see it back then. Back then, it was all the the, the senior members of the pros. Pros like Brower, Klun, Martin, those were the guys dominating the tournaments. Uh, Kevin came in very young, in his 20s, and, and really just jumped right in and was able to contend with some of these masters. And, and that separated him uh, and kicked it off uh, the most amazing career that you've ever seen. So um, going to have him on here in just a few minutes, guys. We're brought to you by Tackle Direct Studios. If you're watching this over on social, like and share the feed. We've got a really cool prize for you. Uh as well as what's our grand prize today? What do well, we got going on?
2: For our we actually have a couple things. For the grand prize though, we are going to have a KBD reel from Striking Blues. Blues. <laughs> and um we also have we did a newsletter contest, so we have a prize for that. And our like and share are our, our waterwood custom mates.
0: Out, outstanding. Yes, that's a lose reel. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. I, I was <laughs> strike, strike King makes me crank amongst many other things. And I see some KVD perfect plastics uh down here as well. Um mm-hmm. lot a lot of that once again, KVD's influences all over the sport. Um we've had uh a lot of great releases going on this week. What do we have, Justin?
3: So released already this week, we had Pete doing a pretty cool seminar on grass lines. Uh pretty awesome aerial view on that and pico's in the uh, great detail as he always does on breaking that down some baits to use uh you know the sweet spots in the grass lines stuff like that really cool one if you uh struggle fishing in the grass also released is matt becker who is the bpt aoi also one on saginaw bay he talks about tight lining so that's a pretty cool one uh we released and then coming up we got Derek hudnall on versatility another really cool one he breaks down a lot of different things um and then we got pete again talking about overhanging trees
0: it's a habitat habitat breakdown series that we started um and we're, we're getting a lot of positive feedback but for guys that are uh you know there's a lot of terms there's a lot of guys that are beginners in our Bash University crew and intermediate guys. So I'm taking, uh, and a lot, a lot of our teachers are taking the habitat, we're breaking it down. So you really get a look at, a lot of times it's aerials, sometimes underwater, uh, the habitat and how we how we break it down as anglers. So uh, that's gonna be a,
2: a series that we're, that we're really excited about
0: and we're gonna continue to produce as part of our Bash University catalog. That is going to be uh, ready to go. What's going on over there, Josh?
2: Ready to play video?
0: We're we're re- is Kevin? Uh,
2: yep, up there. and
0: ready. I want to I want to bring him in real quick. Uh, he's uh, the you know I, honestly he's had the greatest career in the history of the sport. I don't know that anybody will ever get close to it. Uh, I I feel fortunate to to have known Kevin for quite a few years. I got to spend uh, for me Kevin. It was a revolutionary day when i when i fished with you that day 20 years ago on lake Ufala, i learned i i still take lessons from that day uh watch, watching you work but uh, i can i couldn't be more honored
4: and proud to have you with us today man it's uh it's good to be here so yeah we we've, we've got a lot of history man we go way back a lot of a lot of miles behind the boat right
0: yeah that that was uh 95 i think it was or 96 man know. 95 wow that's a long time so some, some of the guys that are winning tournaments now we not even around back then
1: yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah i know I mean, it's uh it's crazy you know some of them aren't even born then you know you even you know you, you think i think jordan lee as a young kid and shoot he's a veteran now
0: right yeah it's, it's changed and and um and i wanted to i brought i brought that up uh you know you were you cut the the trail for that. The you know the veterans were the winners when you started. Like it was always those you know the Browers that was flipping or Biffles. Those guys were were crushing it. None of the young guns were able to really break through and win. Uh, I I really I I know you you were the first one and, and you got all of our attention because you were you were a twenty year old whiz kid that came along and was able to go toe to toe with these masters
4: yeah i um i think back a lot to those days in the beginning and uh just it's a totally different era and i mean just the all the things that have changed over the years uh you know technology and and all that and you know but now obviously people are you know they're so much better the work ethic so much it's just like every other sport you know people put so much focus into it it's hard to win you know at the at the top level uh in any of the tours like really hard you know now not that it's ever been easy but you're definitely um there's so many guys that are capable every single week
0: man that's a fact and uh it's it's definitely changed we, we saw it as, as the mlf ended and as the Bassmasters Trail just came to an end um it's changed uh but what we've done at Bash U, um, our executive producer Jeff Olson, has put together a really nice piece that uh, that we want we would like to watch with you, um, and uh, we we hope you like it. It's uh we're gonna we're gonna roll it right now, Justin. But we'll, we're stay with us, Kevin, and watch this, and, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have you on to talk about it as soon as it's done. Just a couple of minutes. Justin, Sounds good. Whenever you're ready to roll.
4: There we go. Now we're getting places.
1: A two-time classic champion. Three pounds. Eight ounces, and that makes Kevin Van Dam a two-time Cinco Bassmaster Classic Champion from Kalamazoo, Michigan, Kevin Van Dam! Classic Champion from Kalamazoo, Michigan. 19 pounds, seven ounces, Kevin Van Dam, three-time Fast Master Classic Champion.
4: That's what it takes right there.
1: Fastmaster angler of the year, Kevin ben <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: That's the one thing I've always tried to do is be true, be honest. I love to teach people how to catch fish. Um, today, I gave up a lot of, you know, I was trying to give a lot of good information of explaining what I was doing and how I was doing it. You want it quiet? Oh, biggin'. We've got a lot going on with our family. Um, right now, my parents had some health issues, and and again, just my kids have, uh, they've given up a lot for me to pursue my career, and so I've missed a lot. They've missed a lot, and so it's, they, they wanted me to win um, pretty badly as well, and so it's Pretty, pretty great for me to be able to bring this one home for, for the whole family.
0: That that
4: is quite a career, Kevin. Yeah, he he did a really impressive job. It brings back just a ton of great memories, you know, to watch a lot of that old footage and especially to see the reaction on the boys and Sherry's face and that, you know, it's just, uh, that, that never gets old. That's for sure. Man, that's,
0: uh, that's impressive and uh, well done, Jeff. And uh, I, I, I look at all these amazing accomplishments and, you know, of course we point to, you know, the, the easy ones, right? The AOIs and, and, uh, and all the wins. It's, it's just a massive amount. Uh, in, in, in your mind, what, what's important to you? Like what, what sticks out in your mind through through all this period as as something that's really the most important to you.
4: Well, you know, for me, You know, for a lot of years, you just get so focused on competing and trying to win that you just you you don't take the time to to maybe truly understand and appreciate it while it's happening as much. And you know, as I went further into my career, you learn that you know you you learn that gosh, you you never know when your next one's going to be or if it's going to be your last one. So you know, to take the time and and you know enjoy it. And you know, this last season. Um, man, it flew by for me and I wanted to make sure to just, you know, relax a little bit and enjoy it, but it's still so hard. You know, you put a lot of pressure on yourself as a competitor and and I really wanted to win bad, um, this final season and, you know, came close, but, you know, just wasn't quite able to do it. And you just get caught up in the moment, you know, when it's, when you're not competing or it's not, you know, tournament hours that's when you think about that kind of stuff. But when I'm out there and, uh, you know, on the clock, I just, uh, you know, it just, it's like muscle memory. It just kicks in and I just go through the, uh, you know, the, my steps and my processes and, and try to, you know, try to put it all together and try to make good decisions. And the crazy thing is, is even after 33 years, I, I feel like I'm still learning, you know, th- this year, I still learning so much every single event, every competition day, just, you know, how things are changing and that, I mean, it's just, yeah, obviously we've got a whole lot more technology now, you know, I mean, if you'd have told me in the beginning of my career that, that I've had, you know, five hummingbird graphs, you know, two raptors, a mega live mega 360, um, you know, on the boat, lake master mapping, side imaging, all these tools that we have, I, I'd have, told you you're crazy you know but that, that it's come to this but um and it is you know it's still there's still no guarantee uh that, it, that you're going to win i mean everybody's got that technology now but uh, it is it is amazing how everything has improved so much to help just uh, not just tournament anglers but even the weekend angler i mean our line our lures our rods reels boats uh, electronics obviously you know just all of our equipment that's the thing that um is such a uh, a huge difference you know from in the 90s when we started out it is
0: it is radically different what in the 90s uh man what was on your boat in the 90s what 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 did was gps even a
4: a a standard option when you got started Uh, you know i i remember fishing when before gps and when Loran C came out first before that, and then when it oh, yeah. came out, it was actually not very accurate. I mean, you might get within a hundred yards and, and we thought that was really good. And then, boy, it didn't take long for it to get, uh, you know, a whole lot, you know, a, a whole lot better. And we never, I mean, never dreamed of having mapping like what Lake master mapping is today. Um, you know, that, to me that's one of was one of the greatest innovations uh in technology that came through my career is just you know solid mapping like that to be able to visualize everything around you and have it be accurate you know so i mean we had some mapping early on but it was just basically transferred from paper maps and it was very general but when they when lake master actually started to scan lakes and and do that that's that was a an evolutionary period for sure but the same you could say with side imaging you know we used to just graph around back and forth for hours on end with 2d sonar and and i started with a flasher you know i mean um and i thought i was really good with a hummingbird super 30 you know it was (laughs) it was quite a bit better than a super 60 you know especially for seeing grass and being able to you know even see fish and and follow break lines and things like that but when side imaging came out, it just, uh, you know, quadrupled our efficiency level and, you know, and then it's just one after another. Then it's, you know, then 360 came and, and mega 360 and obviously, you know, mega live um, and, and, you know, we got to have a, I have to have a graph for mega 360. Uh, I've got to have one for mega live. I have one for mapping. I, I honestly... 2d sonar is probably the one thing that you know all of that is really obsoleted you just you don't almost need to see what's underneath you because mega live shows you that already and and 360 shows you the structure all around the boat so it's just um it just really is amazing how we're able to visualize things now i mean it's it's like having an underwater camera but you don't have to drive over the top of the fit you don't have to spook the fish or anything like that now uh with these forward facing and and, you know, 3D type, you know, sonars like we have with Mega 360. It is radical. And the mapping is is interesting
0: that you say that. I remember um, uh, the last day of practice, I would set aside time to run to where I was going to fish uh, so that I would know the route, you know, and wouldn't get myself in trouble uh, with flats or rocks or, or whatever hazards may be out there. But with the mapping, it, you, you, man, you, you, you don't even have, it's so accurate that, yeah. and I don't recommend this, but, but you can run, uh, you can run off your, your mapping a lot of times with, without
4: ever seeing the water before. Yeah, no doubt. Um, just be, you know, having the ability to adjust for the water level is a big, is a big thing. Um, and you know, I, I run my Lake master, uh, typically, you know, with that shallow water highlight on five foot so you know if, he, if you see red that you start need to be in you know somewhat aware anyways and and uh but no it's an unbelievable tool i mean uh, quite a few tournaments that i've won over my career especially you know from 2010 on when when that just mapping just really got expanded uh, so many of those were directly related to lake master
0: yeah it's well uh let me ask you this this is and this is controversial controversy that's going on right now and i'm I'm very interested i think everybody's interested in your opinion on it or your take on it um forward-facing sonar we've had some really some critics come out um and you know say it's ruining fishing or it's uh it's not okay as a matter of fact i've heard some rumors that uh, some of the high-level trails are are taking a vote on whether or not they're going to uh, continue to allow that technology in in tournaments. What what what's your Boy, take on that?
4: Well, I know some of the older guys, especially, are the ones that um, have been really been the most uh, boisterous in voicing their opinion about it. And I, I think a lot of the young guys that grew up with it. Um, you just see it as a tool, but where do you draw the line? I mean, um, you know, Mega Three Sixty is an unbelievable tool. Um, you know, suicide imaging, uh, social like master mapping. So, just because you can see, you know, real time reactions to your your lures and your presentations with Mega Live, it, it does. It is a game changer. It, it does, um, you know, take it to another level. But all of those other technology steps were equally as important at, at, at the time. So it's, it's pretty hard for me to say, you know, you can abandon that, you know, when the uh, Alabama rig came out, boy, it was, it wasn't, didn't take the tours long to do that. And I can tell you forward facing sonar is way more efficient than the Alabama rig (laughs) ever, ever was, you know? So, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's one part of it, but I, I get it. I mean, um, I remember the days when we went out there without mapping or anything like that, and I had to, you know, hunt those offshore points, looking at paper maps and and try to find the, a lot of those key areas and graph for stumps and and the fish, and triangulate off of a tower and the side of a house or a tree, and the, you know, to be able to to get on those spots before we even had GPS out there. So um, it's just it'd be a it'd be a shame because it's so great of a tool to help a lot of people be more successful out in the water, just the average weekend fishermen. I'll I'll tell you a quick story about my dad. And I've told this story a few times, but my dad's 85 years old, loves to fish. He's fished his whole life. He's the one that got me started in it. And, you know, the last handful of years, both my mom and dad have have really struggled with some different health issues. And it's, it's a lot harder for my dad to get out there on the water and especially spend a whole day. And he loves to bluegill fish and you know uh a, a little over a year ago i put a uh, a mega live transducer on his pontoon when uh, he's got a helix 12 on there already and and he's got you know mapping and he just lives on a small private lake and he's got 2d sonar and he loves to fish for these bluegills in the summer and you know i mean you see him you can graph around and, and find some here or there and just blind cast around but when i showed him how to use mega live and just what a great tool it is especially for you know bluegills itself he just it, it took him a little while at first to understand what he was looking at and how to use mm-hmm. it but now i he's like i won't even go without it you know so he'll go he goes out uh, you know awesome. spend an hour or two and and fish you know catch 8 or 10 good bluegills enough for him and my mom to eat or whatever you don't want to clean too many and uh and he just enjoys the hunt with it you know to to go out there um to search around to see because they move so much you know in the summer they get deep and it's just like bass you know but to be able to to find those schools uh, to know the depth that they're in and be able to make a presentation to them and then catch them it's changed the way that he fish and it's really um renewed his enthusiasm and excitement for fishing and, and he's 85 years old and i mean he couldn't send a picture off of his cell phone to me so that's how technologically <laughs> he is but that's what mega live is has done for him so you know there's so many other people out there and it, it, it is i mean we're not uh, you know we're not cleaning lakes out because we've got forward-facing sonar by any means it is 100 percent uh you know change tournament fishing for sure but i just i i find it hard to think that uh, that it, it would go away because again technology wise where do you draw the line and and yeah right. you may see i think you may see some circuits and things like that that say hey no uh no sonar at all you know i mean uh, you could see that especially in some kayak trails to say hey look you can't use electronics and but you're still going to have people you know have a phone if with a smartphone with Google Earth and um, you know with the with the one boat network app you can still see you know you can still get Lake master mapping and things like that on your phone but um, you know policing it would would be a little bit of a challenge as you as we've seen policing the rules and in, in our sport is. Uh, mm-hmm. Is at the forefront as well. You know, I mean, everybody wants a level playing field, and I get that. That's why we, over the years, came up with a lot of these, you know, the no information rules and off limits, and you know, can't get waypoints from people. And that, you know, it's a professional sport. You should be a professional, but um, I, I just find it pretty hard to think that we we would ban uh, technology like that.
0: I that that's a that's a tremendous opinion and and a very valuable one, I'm sure, to everybody that's listening. I, one of the things that I that I like about it is it's opened my eyes to where the fish like we lost them like for years, like when they would pull up on a point, we would, uh you know, we would catch them and then we we would postulate about where they could be, you know, yeah. when they're not up on this point. But now. You know, we we kind of know now, right? There, like uh, the yeah. Champlain tournament, where guys were chasing schools of bait out in hundred feet of water.
4: Oh, that's where they are now. Yeah. So it totally. When I got mega live for the first time, it basically totally changed everything that I thought and believed that I'd learned in thirty years of competitive fishing about how bass relate to structure and cover and, and that, that they don't just randomly swim around in the open because they do a ton, a lot more than I ever dreamed or imagined. Um, And you just didn't know that. And it hasn't changed uh, the way that I fish. I know some guys, that's all they do. I mean, they go and they don't even cast until they see one. I mean, there's, there's some guys that do that and there's times when that can be very good based on the seasonal pattern. Um, You can, you can do that but there's a whole lot of other times where it doesn't, it, you know, it'll it'll kill you as well. And that's why you see some of those people that just totally rely on that, uh, be pretty sporadic in their, in their finishes. What I've learned is to use it in my same power fishing style. And, you know, I'll see uh, a fish randomly when I'm cranking a spot or whatever that I know to pitch a drop shot to, or I'll see one follow my crank bait that I would have never known was there and it, it tells me that, Hey, maybe I need to change colors or change my presentation, stop or start it, you know, do something a little bit different. Um, you know, uh, all, uh, you know, fishing a jerk bait same way. I mean, you just don't realize how many just watch your bait that, that don't bite. So it's, it's, it gives you that real-time feedback to know, to make an adjustment based on the conditions. So, so to me, that's a really, it is a powerful tool, but it, it's it, I don't see that it's something that i think should be banned by any means well i want to applaud
0: pops for 80 years old taking the take uh, you know taking the new technology putting it to work uh that's uh that's incredible congratulations uh for him and for you introducing that to him jocelyn you have an eye
2: um we do from uh, our college guy um christian he wants to know do you think that with forward-facing sonar if they allow to keep it will it be a disadvantage for people that aren't able to afford it
4: so that, that is a big uh that's a that's a big thing and i think from uh, you know, for entry level anglers and people just getting started in the sport and people that are interested in thinking about, you know, maybe looking at tournament fishing to begin with at a club level or, 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 uh, there is a barrier to entry there. And it, it is probably hurting recruitment of, of new anglers into tournament fishing, but at the top level tier and in, in the pros, um, you, you can't really use that as a valid excuse. I mean, you look what we've got invested in our rigs, um, what you have to do. If you're a professional, that's, that's part of it, you know, and, and it's a small cost compared to all the other things that you, that you have to have um, is as well there. So, you know, to me, um, I get the, the controversy and I understand people like that and uh, there's a lot of older people that don't want to take the time to learn it you know it's just the same way with learning technology on your smartphone or or a computer or other things like that you know it's it is uh it is harder but uh, you know technology is always coming it's always improving it's it's part of our lives in every facet and aspect and um it's not you know it's not going to go away anytime soon so i think you know the the guys that have really embraced it as tournament fishermen you know you they you, they've seen the success and and the guys that really haven't um you know we just our schedules haven't lined up to where it it's going to kick people in the teeth that just are 100% relying on that you know we don't You know, the Bass Elite Series just had three summer smallmouth tournaments in a row. That is just, you know, smallmouth, especially in summertime, that's where live sonar, Mm -hmm. forward-facing sonar is at its best. You know, if you get uh, Kentucky Lake in flooded bushes and dirty water in the spring, see, you know, see how much of a factor it's going to be because it's it's probably not going to be. So, you know, we just... um, you know, I like to see the diversity in the schedule. And that's one of the things that I've talked to um, the, uh, the staff at the Bass Pro Tour about. A lot of my friends on the Elite Series and people that I know, I mean, I think the schedule has a lot to do with, uh, you know, this impact. And for sure, having all of these events, we were, you know, we were St. Clair and Saginaw Bay back to back. And Bass had three elites, um, you know, St. Clair, the St. Lawrence. And then um, uh, Champlain, you know those three, uh, you know there. So that's five tournaments where forward-facing sonar is going to be a major player in a row. So I think I think that's why a lot of this is coming up right now because people are just it. It is it's not exciting to watch. I would agree. I mean, <laughs> uh, um, you know, when when that's all there is, you know, if you got you know Saginaw Bay, at least there was a good bit of largemouth fishing, you know, and shallow fishing. Mm-hmm. But even with the schedule like that, you're going to still have some where it's going to be a factor, uh, just like Okeechobee. You know, the first Bass Elite this year at Okeechobee was one with forward-facing sonar, and that's the last place in the world that you'd think that that would happen. But, um, you know, predominantly you're going to see, uh, you know, that, that cycle without a doubt. It's just in the forefront because of the last five tour-level events were all forward-facing sonar events
0: yeah yeah and and i i've seen some negative comments there too it's hard to watch i love it when uh when hummingbird did the the screen on screen where where the viewer could really see what was happening uh which which made it uh you know a lot more interesting to watch and and i hope that continues but i i wanted like i said i gave a shout out to your dad um you taught him something new here with forward facing, but he, he took you fishing. He, he taught you the love for fishing. Is that
4: where it started for you? Yeah. He, um, he actually took me ice fishing when I was three years old, uh, for the very first time. And I'm sure I was, you know, a lot lot to handle at the time. (laughs) We, we fished as a family with, you know, my sisters and my, my older brother growing up. And, uh, my grandparents lived on a, uh, a lake and I spent a lot of time in the summer doing, you know, fishing there and uh, around my house, I'd ride my bike to the trout streams or ask people to fish their ponds or go to the lake. I mean, it just, all kids are really drawn to water. They just, you know, they just need the opportunity. And, um, you know, I, I had, I was just lucky to grow up in an area where I had that opportunity. And, you know, Michigan is a really unique place Uh, a lot like florida because there's water everywhere you know we got eleven thousand lakes and just a lot of opportunities and a lot of diversity and that really helped me as a young tournament angler but but still just you know having that chance it's just way different than somebody that grows up in arizona or even texas for that matter you know there's just um we just had such a wealth of water well it's surprising that uh and you do, i've
0: been there and it's it is beautiful up there but the ice fishing was your first fishing experience that 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 surprised me yeah but um, so
4: common in michigan right it's it's such a big deal yeah no, they um it is a in the north it's kind of you know a, a way of life especially in the northern part of the state because a, a good part of the year you know, the lakes have ice on them what that you can actually fish. You know, down where I live in the southwest part and people think that they say, Man, I just can't know how you take those winters and all that snow and you got ice for six months. Well, it's really not, I mean, the last handful of years we've hardly had much ice at all to even ice fish. You know, we might get on a good year where I live, we might get two months of ice, but it's taught me a lot because I've done a lot of bass fishing through the ice and it blows people away that, you know, you can catch them through the ice and how aggressive they can be. And it really taught me that cold water is not as impactful as I once thought on their activity level, their, their mood. Um, It obviously, you know, the seasonal pattern is critical. Location is, is key. It's always has been in bass fishing. The hardest thing to figure out is, is where they're at right catching them if you know where they're at catching them is is the easy part and that's where all this technology's really helped um you know so much but uh, i just hate to see all the emphasis go towards forward-facing sonar right now when you know we we've had so many other advancements that 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 really help our fishing and and make for a positive experience out there in the water i just i just think how far everything has come. I mean, just how much better our boats are, are uh, you know, our, our, you know, our floor carbon line, the quality of our rods, the technology that goes into lure design and how natural they are. And, um, you know, trolling motors, uh, you know, I've got that new Minn Kota Quest trolling motor, and it's absolutely unbelievable. You know, I mean, the Ultrex is, is great. You know, Spotlight changed the way that tournament fishermen or people fish, you know, I mean, I seen immediately when I uh, had a boat, you know, got one on the boat that my boys used, the first time they went to an Ultrax with cable, you know, power assisted steering and spot lock, just how much better they were at boat control. And, you know, this right. new boater, the first 60 seconds, I'm sure you, you've probably got one by now too, but I mean, the first 60 seconds you run it, you can see how much different it is than anything that's out there. And I've ran them all, man. I've ran every brushless motor out there and the mlf cups you know they we've got the power poles on there they've got the Lowrance. i've ran the garmin there's not even a close second man that new quest motor is the most rugged quiet sturdy powerful baddest most responsive (laughs) it's it's a huge asset for somebody like myself that loves to power fish um just the efficiency difference compared to the the ultrax itself um it's amazing that they can come so far. So they did a heck of a job. The engineers did on, on the development of that motor, you know, so I, I'm just, I just can't say enough about it. I've, I've got to do a lot of uh, the inside work with them on it. And I've, I've seen, you know, the differences and how it's designed engineered and built. And then uh, it's just a uh, incredible how much our, you know, better our tools keep getting. It really is. Uh, I did,
0: I, I don't have, I did get to uh, play with it at ICAST and just, uh, it's just being there where I wasn't even in a boat, you could just feel the power and it's, you know, ability to turn against the torque uh, seamlessly There's just so many assets. I can't wait to get that. But yeah. you, I, I still remember Ott Defoe and Spotlock. I remember he w- I think it was the Mississippi river, uh, I think that's where he was. He was fishing below the spillway and he was spot locking, uh, for the first time I saw it on camera. And, uh, I could not believe that that could be accomplished. And, uh, and that that changed everything.
4: Yeah. It's, it's one of those features that. Um, you wonder how you ever lived about it, especially fishing the Great Lakes and in and, and rough water and things like that. But I'll, I'll tell you, you, you got to see that motor at ICAST. It's not the same as having it on a boat. When you, when you, ha- when you get a chance, jump in somebody's boat that's that's got one. You know, you're out there shooting a lot of stuff with a lot of people, and that you will not believe it. You have to experience it to, to really see the difference. And like I said, sixty seconds. You know, I mean, just how <laughs> rock solid. The mount is; it doesn't flex. It's got so much more power, but they really did an amazing job because to have all that power and torque, you have to really improve the mount. And honestly, in all the other motors and over the years, being a guy that grew up fishing the Great Lakes, the mounts were always the weakest link. You know, you have a if you have a trolling motor that's making a lot of noise, especially if you're a shallow water fisherman. You know, if it's creaking or uh, the you can hear the the prop and that. I mean. It's amazing how quiet they made everything about it. Not just the motor, but, you know, the mount don't move. There's no, no noise. No, I mean, you just, it's so different of a feel running that motor.
0: That, well, I, I look forward to it. Um, Kevin, you, you've, uh, your dad taught you, you're coming from the North. You were young when you broke into this sport and you did, that was special. Uh, but you're you're from the north like the the northern guys you know were not supposed to be able to compete with the southern guys that was that was a mold that you broke to and and paved a way for so many to follow uh that was that was an impressive uh, uh, I feel like one of the – being from the north you know I was looking at you as my hero like wow
4: kevin Kevin can do it uh from up here so can I yeah you know I know um you know, hopefully I inspired a lot of young anglers to, to get into, you know, competitive fishing, especially, you know, from that region. And yeah, a lot of people told me, um, oh man, it takes five or six years, you know, to, to get used to it, to get enough experience, to be able to compete with, you know, the top guys in the sport. And um, I just, you know, nobody told me, I didn't really believe that or anything, <laughs> you know, it just, my style is probably what helped me more than anything you know you know if you're going to fish multi-day events a big challenge in the beginning was finding enough fish that you could uh you know fish a three or four day competition and, and not burn out a spot you know you had to have enough spots to 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 be able to last through that and then if when conditions change to have enough uh ideas of areas to go to where you might be able to still be successful at. And so, you know, having a faster pace in practice and in competition um, helps a lot in that regard, especially fishing these big bodies of water. You know, when you go to a Toledo Bend or even a Table Rock or, uh, you know, any of these 50, 75, 100,000 acre lakes, you know, if you're if you're not covering a lot of water in practice, you don't even know what's available to you. So it just... Uh, I think opened a lot of people's eyes because I see so many, so many more people that fish that way now, you know, that Mm -hmm. that they're power fishermen first. And then now, you know, you do have to be a good finesse fisherman. That's something that I learned in my career too, um, is you've got to be able to be good with, you know, a wacky worm or a Ned rig or a drop shot, you know, uh, to be able to maximize everything you can out of a good area once you find it or or a good spot or a school of fish when they're there so you know it's you've got to be good at both you know you got to be able to cover water power fish but you also got to be a good finesse fisherman
0: that was impactful i remember you know obviously the power fishing strategy that you brought to the table influenced us all uh, because we we would always be like like I know early it, it was like it, okay I couldn't catch them cranking or spin quickly go over to a flipping or a, a a Texas rig, but you f- you would always find a way to burn it down with the power fishing techniques, and I think that was an amazing influence that you had over the sport, Justin. Uh, I know that we got I my people are flagging me down. we got I am questions. Everybody wants to ask something to Kevin. What do you got, Justin?
3: Yeah, there's a lot of great questions on the message board, but uh, Blake wants to know, he says, a lot of us can be or are good anglers. How do we flip the switch mentally to reach the level of being a great angler? He said, we all have the same tools, but finding the mental ability, in my opinion, is what separates the good from the greats.
0: Wow, great question. Because, Kevin, mental toughness and your, your ability to compete, man, that's the top of my list as far as
4: accolades for you. Yeah, that's a hard one to answer. Um, I really don't know. Ex- you know, I don't have a, a you know, a, a simple answer to that in, in what I do. I mean, I just, I know my strengths. Um, I know it works for me. And I, you know, you have to trust your gut and you have to react to it. I think a lot of people, Kind of know that, you know, when conditions change or, you know, a flood happens or the wind switches or, you know, there's 20 boats show up in the area that you want to start in to be able to pull up stakes and go and have a a good option to go to. You know, uh, everybody I've heard it a million times like, oh, you know, today I'm I'm behind. I'm going to I got to go swing for the fence. Well, you that's a great concept, but you have to do it efficiently right you have to do it you have to do that you got to make a smart decision and that just comes with with time and experience to, to learn that and to learn you know what you're capable of and, and what you're not and I think through time on the water you can build that confidence and do that I see that in a lot of young anglers that you know maybe are a little sporadic. And, you know, you get that, you, you see them get that one win or you, you see them get that success and it builds confidence. You know, you start to learn to trust your instincts and and react to them because in this day and age, you have to much faster than ever. I mean, uh, the competition's so good that, you, you know, you've got to have four great days uh, on the water to be able to win at the top level in the sport you can't you can't have a off day you can't have a slip day um it just it's that's a hard question that well i i want to answer that question for you
0: guys a little bit because i saw and i've told this story before uh because it was so monumental when we fished together so many years ago when i was trying to land a a massive lake you follow fish for you on a crankbait and uh and that fish uh, escaped. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> but that, that fish somehow got off. And um, you know, I remember the crankbait whizzing by my head when uh you know when he when he pulled off under the boat. And uh and I was just fl- I, I was just blown away. I expected rods to be broken, I expected a meltdown, uh, you know, because it was really big fish. But you kept I mean your your mental toughness in that scenario i never seen before you were just you were you just kept plugging away as if that was something good that happened now maybe you can
4: use that to get another big bite yep well that's that's what it is i've learned a long time ago that you worry about the variables that you can control and the ones that you can't control yeah you got to be aware of them you know it's the weather or fishing pressure or uh, you know if you lose a fish and there's not a thing you can do to bring them back, but you know, use what you learn to get that one to bite, to try to get another one or five more like it. You know, I mean, so many times, um, you know, I've had that. You cannot let that ruin your day. Uh, I mean, there's, I got a lot of big fish stories that that I've lost that's cost me this tournament or you know, making a cut or whatever. I mean, we all do. That's part of it. Um, we try real hard in our system to maximize the number of, you know, bites that you get and your strike to land ratio. I mean, I have toiled over the years with my rods, reels, lures, you know, my cranking system is that all rolled into one where you're, you know, it's, it's composite rod, fluorocarbon line, uh, must add KVD trebles, the bait, you know, how you get them to react to it. And, you know, to try to maximize the number of bites that you're going to, that you're going to land. But the reality of it is, is you're never going to be a hundred percent. And when that something bad like that happens, you got to turn it into a positive. Now on the back of my truck, I've got a big sticker on there that says it's all about the attitude. And that is a conscious choice that every tournament angler has to make is if you want, if you're going to have a good attitude, a positive attitude, and, you know, be thinking clearly, you, you're, you're going to make good, better decisions. If you've got a bad attitude, if you let, things get to you you get down um and it's hard you know i mean there's there's plenty of times when you know you you get mad or something happens or somebody cuts you off or you know something happens out there on the water uh that you lose a fish or um you know just just fluke things can happen right and you you've got to roll let it roll off you and and move on and and get the next bite
0: well, you're, uh, you've are you shown that, and I love that, all about the attitude. I've heard that from you before. Uh, Justin, I'm going to throw it to you. I know you've got another question.
3: Yeah, so, Kevin, over the years, I mean, you've accomplished just about everything. What what are you most proud of, whether that be a tournament win or doing something in the industry? Uh, yeah, but man,
4: there's a lot of things that, that I really um, like and, and enjoy. I, I love working – with the companies that, you know, I've got so many long-term relationships in this industry, you know, with companies that I've been with really my whole career. And I love developing new products, you know, I mean, new technology, new baits, new rods, reels, uh, you know, you know, working with Humminbird on, on new technology or Minn Kota, like on this this new trolling motor, you know, talking to their engineers about, hey, what can we do to improve it? Or, you know, what features are really important to me as a fisherman. You know, you'll see that with the uh, new drift mode on the, on the Ultra-X Quest. I mean, it's a great fishing feature, but those are all um, things that I that I love to do. But one of the big things that I really take, and, and I've saw it a lot this year on my final season, is just I've always, you know, really tried to be respectful, um, you know, treat my competitors with respect and and get that same in return and that's the thing that's really kind of come full circle is just you know how much admiration and respect that that i've gotten from the guys that i've competed against over the years you know i've done it for 33 years and tried to do it the right way i've tried you know uh, find my own fish do my own thing uh you know have integrity show integrity out on the water and and you know that's what really matters the most and Uh, in this in this day and age to me that's that's really really important you know when i started a lot of that was taught by some of the the older guys out there and so i you know i've had a lot of guys uh come up to me there's a lot of great young anglers and you know try to be a good mentor to a lot of different you know people out there and uh you know hopefully i have been so the respect that i've been shown this year though just it really means a lot to me
0: well that's 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 amazing, and uh, like I said, you've always, you've always been courteous to me and respectful, and I appreciate that. And uh, you know, I've always I've always enjoyed knowing you. I appreciate the work that you've done with Bass University, and I want to invite you guys. Uh, some of the best, uh, most viewed seminars on Bass University TV are Kevin's uh, seminars with us, uh, especially your crankbait uh, seminar that you did with us, and and um, and I I love the. You know we we've, we've been on the water doing some work for Bass University TV, but this is uh, and I don't know how you're going to do it. I know I know how competitive you are. I don't know how you're going to shut it down, but uh, tell, to what what's next? What what is the future? What's your plans uh, as you move through your retirement from the tournament game?
4: Yeah, so yeah, you're still going to see me out there a lot. I'm uh, <laughs> you know, going to be full on board starting in uh, you know. Uh, 24, doing a ton of content creation, filming, uh, you know, television, all of it, just, you know, YouTube to social media, short form content, long form stuff. Uh, that's really something that I have a passion for is teaching people to fish, you know, just like, just like you guys do at BashU. I mean, it's, it's all about, you know, showing the details and, um, you know, getting into the nitty-gritty of new techniques and, and guys that are really good at it, you guys, you know, you you find those guys and and you pull that information out of them and, and show the world. And I love helping people be more successful on the water. So that's exactly what I'm uh, what I'm going to do is keep doing that, just not in the tournament format. You know, the challenge for me with the tournament uh, schedule is, that, you know, it's really like 20 to 25 weeks a year that you have no flexibility in it, you know, and, um, I've done it for 33 years. Um, I, you know, my family has sacrificed a lot. My wife has, and, and my kids, I've missed a lot of things over those times. So to have a little more flexible schedule and still be able to, you know, be out there on the water and go to some of the best places at the best times, and just be able to showcase that to, uh, you know, to the fishing world and, you know, my fans and, uh, and the viewers out there, that's what I'm really looking forward to. And the competitive side of me is still going to be that. I mean, it's going to be about getting the best show and, and you know, get creating that content. So it, it's kind of going to fill that void a little bit. On top of that, though, I did, you know, I've qualified for Red Crest for next year. I'm also qualified for heavy hitters. We've got a team series event this fall. So, I mean, I don't have to go straight cold turkey. So I'm, I've am got a <laughs> fish. And you never know i mean there'll be maybe some um you know celebrity tournaments or some pro-ams or some charity events and things like that i'll continue to, to kind of do that but i will for sure you know i'll follow it um my yeah. wife said you know that first when that first tournament of the year comes around in the schedule we might want to be down in the bahamas or or <laughs> for a bore or someplace like that where we don't have any service or anything like that but no i I'm a fan first, always have been I'm a huge fan of the sport of not just bass fishing, but competitive bass fishing. And, um, you know, I'll, I keep a close eye on everything that's going on and we'll continue to do that. You know, I just, I, I love figuring it out. I love spending time on the water and figuring out what it takes on any given day to, to, you know, find the pattern, to, to figure out how to get them. I mean, I like catching them just like everybody, but to me it's figuring out the puzzle that really, uh, is what I enjoy the most. Well, uh, we look
0: forward to seeing you at Red Crest and, and, uh, and the heavy hitters and, and some of the others as we go. Um, and you know, it's, it's just been, a, it's been a treat to, to know you and follow you through your career and, and congratulations on, on just a, just an amazing one. And, and thanks so much. I re- really appreciate you taking the time to, to hang out with us today, man. It's, uh, as always, it's a treat. Did we lose-
2: it wouldn't be Bashu.
0: <laughs> Did we lose a feed right, right there at the end?
2: <laughs>
0: oh, my goodness. We, we froze up on Kevin just as I was being gracious and thankful. yeah <laughs> <There> he <is. laughs>
2: hey,
4: I got You're cut back. off. Yeah, I don't know don't what happened there, but you must well, have not we- pick up streaming or something. You never know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i was just i was just saying thanks for sharing the time with us it's it's been amazing watching you. you've inspired the whole sport of fishing in so many different ways from the industry to the to the kids coming up uh to the guys at the top of the leaderboard right now your 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 impact is on everything and and i want to thank you for that and i want to give a, a just a special thank you for uh for being part of bash university and and spending some time with us today
4: no i really appreciate it you know i i want to be a great ambassador and spokesperson and a conservationist for the future you know i I think these are the good old days right now especially in bass fishing and uh, i want to ensure that so we're working hard with our foundation and uh, definitely a lot of uh, youth initiatives and kids fishing and college fishing we do a lot of support of all that and i'm going to continue to do that i mean it's it's critical to me to do it i've been very blessed over the years. And, um, I, I definitely love giving back. So teaching people is my favorite thing to do.
0: Well, if we can be of any help to you, uh, please reach out. And, uh, I look forward I, I, I'm sure I'll see you everywhere down the road. And, uh, thanks again. And we'll, we'll, we'll send you a copy of the highlight reel. Kevin. <laughs> Sounds
4: awesome, man. Thanks Pete. Uh,
0: all right. Thanks so much. Great. Kevin Van Dam, everybody. Thank you so much, Kevin, for hanging out with us and, uh, Uh, what, what an amazing opportunity to, to speak with the goat and, and dial in a little bit of, uh, you know, what's been important to him over the years. It was was was, a
2: great interview. It
0: was pretty awesome guys. Uh, well, we've got some really cool giveaways, So hang in there. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to be right back. Like, and share the feed over on social. Uh, we're going to be giving away some KVD signature series reels. We got, we got tackle. We got Waterwood crankbaits for for sharing and liking uh, the feed. So uh, we'll be right back after this. Give away some stuff. I'm Pete Gluzak, the Dean of the Bass University, and we're excited to partner with Waterwood Baits and showcase their innovative handmade approach to making amazing lures.
4: Hey guys, this is Elite Series Pro Todd Alton here. Just wanted to tell you a little bit about the company Waterwood and their crank baits and top waters they're building. They're high quality baits. They're made from a marupa wood that's, you know, grows in the rainforest in Brazil. It's 1.5 in all the waterwood baits. Because of the wood, will be a staple in my arsenal from here on out. I love it. Spotted bass. It's
2: got the old waterwood.
5: more fish have more fun aqua view seeing is believing
0: why do you love catching fish and rods i'm truly losing less fish
1: is the sensitivity of the
3: that that's made right here in north carolina in the usa Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot
4: rod to the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out during the
3: tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming series, the counterbalancing in the handle.
1: It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite.
5: On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Mincota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together, the One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Cortland Line
0: Master America's premium super braided fishing line.
5: Manufactured in our Cortland, New York facility and constructed from the highest quality spectra fibers available.
0: Cortland Line Company, made
5: in America since 1915. to have the best eyewear.
4: My eyes are essential to doing my job. It's the highest quality lens that I've ever used. Top-of-the-line performance in these glasses. But they're priced for absolutely everyone. The everyday angler can afford them. As a touring professional pro,
3: if I can depend on them, I know the weekend angler can as well. Hobie Eyewear built for the pros. Priced for everyone. (laughs)
0: Oh, we're back! Uh, what what an amazing uh, couple of weeks in in fishing! I know we've been out and about uh, working on the Bassmaster Elites. I know a lot of you have stopped by the Bass University booth on site at Champlain and Thousand Islands just just this past week. And I just want to give uh, some kudos to some guys um, that many of which have been part of the Bass University, whether we've interviewed them or. Or their, their instructors with us. Uh, but most recently, Patrick Walters won uh, up on Thousand Islands with a massive record setting smallmouth, a four day stringer of 105 pounds. As well, the, the record also was broke up there for a single day uh, smallmouth uh, as Justin's busy doing something, but he it was 29 pounds, six ounces for the single day record on smallmouth. That was Bryant Smith right yeah yeah brian smith yeah that's right from uh, california and and uh broke a broke a record i think that stood for 25 years because uh uh, chuck economy uh had a 29 pound stringer caught down on lake pickwick yeah which was a record that stood forever and ever uh shout out to chuck economy a friend of mine for a long time um uh but the records must fall, and they're falling up at Thousand Islands, seemingly every year that that the tournament trails go there. And uh, what what
3: handing out the century belt at that? Oh event. my gosh,
0: they had three century belts and one just missed. Yeah. Uh, and and of course the record-setting catch, holding off Chris Johnston uh, on his home body water, you know, very very tall task, and uh, they did it all in Canadian waters, basically. Uh, great great event, Coy, co- <laughs> Mr. Fujita Uh won on Lake Champlain. I mean, he's a rookie this season. He won on Champlain and didn't get the AOI. Finished second by just a couple points. I'm sorry, not AOI, but ROI. Rookie of the year went to Joey Sefuentes by just a couple points. Uh what a, what a what a tightly contested race. Boat all the all the rookies are winning tournaments.
3: It was a rookie takeover this year. Man. That's awesome. How I many? At, at, th-
0: at least three rookies won elite tournaments this year. It might have been more. I think four. Was it four? I wouldn't be surprised. Um Kyle Welcher won Angler of the Year and he did it uh in style, you know, by uh, you know, making the final day cut up a thousand islands. And oh my gosh. Jake, Jake was uh watching that with me and we were going through the cause, cause he was kind of I think secretly rooting for Kyle. He liked him. <laughs> uh we were cause we were watching it all week this week and uh uh having the breakdowns, had losing half of his day fishing, trying to keep his cool, still going out and catching 20 pounds with just a couple hours to fish. Uh that was that was amazing. But congratulations to to Kyle for that. And uh congratulations. I mentioned him earlier in the show, Matt Becker. For, for winning the final uh, MLF tournament of the season and taking the Angler of the Year over there. So, man, so much happening here at the end of the season. So much. Uh, it's, it's just crazy. But um, this is Bash University season, guys. Get over to bashu.tv and get yourself signed up. And get subscribed, or is our new offer? Yeah, up?
2: it is. It's a it's a pretty big offer. So right now, we have: um, if you sign up for an annual subscription, you get a seventy five dollars tackle direct coupon that you can go buy anything that you just heard KVD talk about, <laughs> <laughs> even a reel. If you don't win this reel,
0: yep, awesome. Yeah, go check that out. Get yourself signed up if you if you've not done it. Yeah, it's great time in this off season to study up on all the new lessons coming to you. From the the greatest anglers on the planet that are teaching uh, about what they're winning with, really, right now. So that's all that's all available over there. We've got a uh, we got a couple prizes. This is your last chance to like and share the feed, and uh, we're gonna give you give away some crankbaits for that. And we have a couple grand prize crescents because the folks over at Lose have been very generous, and we have a couple KVD. Uh, signature series reels that we're going to be giving away to our subscribers. And we're going to give away two of them right now.
2: Before we do that, I do want, um, before our, last week we did a contest through the newsletter and we had a contest winner who won some KVD Strike King baits and the uh, Hummingbird hat and also a TH Marine uh, prop nut Yeah, that (laughs) to
0: dampen your vibration.
2: Um, Justin, if you want to pull them up.
3: Yep. Here we go
0: all
1: right
2: okay so we we had we ran this contest for about a week straight and we had um a ton of entries um but i really want to give this guy a shout out his name is adam zimmerman Adam, he that it's, it's, he said it's going to be a long shot but i think the next guest will be kvd with a subject that what will his path <laughs> be moving forward in the next chapter of his life and career. Um, in this picture, he said he uh, won the local derby last week in, Ar- in Arkansas. It was hot and tough, but we committed to the hollow body frog all day on a small oxbow off the White River in Arkansas and barely got the win.
3: Some frog fish. Wow. Rock in the bird hat. Yes. That's so that-
2: congratulations. You won our newsletter contest. You <laughs> guessed, you guessed the bound. topic and the guess. What's you win? Uh, He won a hummingbird hat. Oh, you said
0: that. Yeah, yeah. The
2: KVD baits and the.
0: Uh, Well, congratulations (laughs) on the on the win on the White River, as well as uh, you know, as well as our gift packs. That's really cool. And what what a cool bite this time of year out there in that crystal clear water of the White. Um, Pretty pretty awesome stuff. Uh, Justin, what? Let's 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 hand out the trip. Let's do the first one. (laughs) Let's do All the right. first one, which is which is going to be a speed because I know our guys that we're watching are going to be super fast. It's going to be a contest of who can type it in the fastest. And you want me to ask a question? You want to do I, it? I got it. You well, got it. Uh,
3: Go. The first question: What was the sticker that was on the back of KVD's truck? He talked about it. What What did it say?
2: Well, it's
0: it, it, It's It's become his mantra. You know, if many many of you, I'm sure know. <laughs> And, uh,
2: it's a good it, it's, mantra to have.
0: It's perfect for him. He's just, you know, he's so competitive. I won't, you know, I wonder how he's going to be able to do it and shut it down because I've seen him, uh, I've seen him in, in play. Like, I, I think I've told this story before at a media event where we were all gathered around and they had rods out there for us to cast, to cast around. And, um uh, we, uh, Kevin was the first one to grab a rod and he had to beat everybody to the bank. To try to get the, get the first cast in, <laughs> Justin just for picture taking purposes. Just for so I, I just the, the competitiveness is uh, is is off the charts.
2: So we have uh, a few few answers, but do you think spelling counts?
0: Pete? <laughs> oh, it's spelling.
3: I think
2: so.
0: Uh-oh. Uh oh, Justin's fresh out of college, college with his bachelor's degree. He's not putting up with uh, <sighs> with spelling errors, guys. Uh oh. Uh, Got to
3: get it spelled correctly. Yes. Uh, I think it goes to Tristan, Tristan. White. Dan, oh, Dan so Allen, you are so times. close. <laughs> Your fingers, you were going just a little bit too fast.
0: He he, he mistyped Dan. Oh, that's Tristan That's White. unusual.
4: Congrats,
0: congrats, congrats, What is the answer?
3: It it's is all about the attitude.
0: It's all about the attitude. It what sure what is. word did Dan misspell? attitude
3: Attitude.
0: oh (laughs) man he got fat thumbs on the phone (laughs) that's what
2: happens when you type really fast
0: yep yep that's uh well congratulations hey we got another reel that we're going to be giving away dan you can redeem yourself here uh this one will be a little easier to type if you can remember it what's the question
3: dan's got me laughing so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so kevin mentioned putting forward-facing sonar on his dad's pontoon boat how many bluegill does his dad go out and catch when he goes out there and he takes him back to fillet him kevin said he doesn't like keeping too many because it's he doesn't like flying all of them how many does he keep <laughs> when he goes out
0: oh he technically was it was two numbers, two, would say,
3: two between numbers. he's like say this to that yeah
0: this to that I, I had no idea when you when you said that number, I'm like, I would I did not remember that number at all.
2: That's a great answer, Mike. Stumped. Enough oh, to God. eat.
3: <laughs> Enough to eat. Dan Allen redeems himself.
2: He did.
0: Come on. What? How did he remember that? <laughs> That's impossible. Well, all right, Dan. There you go. Well done. You saved yourself. Gosh. How does he do that?
2: And we also have our like and share winner um, with the Waterwood Custom Baits. They're awesome. Uh Jeremy Bell has liked and shared.
0: So he wins. Yep. Want to give a shout out to Riz, who is currently up working uh, with uh, producing and filming with uh, some of the guys in at uh, Thousand Islands, some of the Bassmaster Elite guys. Mm-hmm. That um, with Lee Livesey, of course, he was working with yesterday. He's got Bill Lowen on the docket, Luke and Palmer. and Luke Palmer, Luke Palmer today, and Tyler Rivette. Uh, some guys that look for some amazing new content that's going to be coming to Bass University TV uh, real soon. Let let us know what you what you think of our new habitat breakdown. Yeah. Um, I think uh, a lot of people have found that useful, and we have we're going to be we're going to be really diving into some terms that um, that are really going to help you guys. Uh, a lot of people there's so many weird bass fishing terms uh-huh. uh, that. It seems like when we get together as bass fishermen, we're speaking a foreign language.
2: Yes, you know, that is very true.
0: You you can appreciate that, Jocelyn. <laughs> so we're going to be breaking those terms down, and we're going to be breaking down the habitat. And uh, we I, we know it's going to help you guys, help everybody become a better
3: angler, and that's grass, our goal. The grass one is really good. You did a great job on that one, Pete. Uh, yeah, if you guys haven't seen that, and you, you fish grass, mofoil, you know, hydrilla a lot, Check out that seminar, Pete did it. Uh it's an awesome habitat habitat breakdown.
0: Habitat breakdown. Uh thank you very much uh for Kevin and Sherry Van Dam for, for putting up with our uh um links that didn't seem to get the to <laughs> technical where, issues. Yeah, we had <laughs> we had some minor technical issues at the beginning of the show. Appreciate you guys putting up with that. And uh and let you know what, Justin, what I'd like to do is I would like to roll out to the Kevin Van Dam highlight reel. Let's
3: do it. Good and, idea.
0: Um Let's roll out to that, guys. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week here at Bass University
4: Live. There we go. Now we're getting places.
1: Classic Champion! Three pounds. 8 ounces, and that makes Kevin Van Dam a two-time single Master Classic Champion from Kalamazoo, Michigan, Van Classic Champion from Kalamazoo, Michigan! 19 pounds, 7 ounces, Kevin Van Dam, three-time Master Classic Champion!
4: That's what it takes right there. Be honest. I love to teach people how to catch fish. Um, today I gave up a lot of, you know, I was trying to give a lot of good information of explaining what I was doing and how I was doing it. You want it quiet? Oh, biggin'. We've got a lot going on with our family. Um, right now, my parents had some health issues. And and again, just my kids have, uh, they've given up a lot for me to pursue my career. And so I've missed a lot, they've missed a lot. And so it's, they, they wanted me to win. Um, pretty badly as well and so it's pretty pretty great for me to be able to bring this one home for for the whole family